Growing Up, our brand new resource for churches and parents is out now. Woohoo! With Sunday school sessions, training videos, podcast episodes for parents and one for the whole family. All there to help our children navigate the confusion, filter the messages they're surrounded by and hear God's good story. All our Growing Up resources point to the Heavenly Father who loves our children even more than we do and has the answer to their biggest questions about who they are and how to live. Together, as families and churches, we can support each other to start good conversations about bodies, gender and marriage so our children can grow up hearing God's good story. Head over to the website faithinkids.org and find out all the details about growing up. Hello. You've done it. You've made it to episode four of Meals with Jesus. This is absolutely a Faith in Kids for Kids episode. It doesn't matter how old you are, you're in the right place. How are you, Jam? I'm really well, thanks. I'm really excited about what we're looking at today. Because, in fact, let's just get straight in with it. Let's talk about the whip around question because I'm recalling a very happy experience of mine that I'm excited to share. Okay, Jam, when did you last queue up for something? Well, I do remember walking past a very, very long queue for tickets for a cricket match in 2005. It was the last day of the Ashes. And I know people who queued and queued and queued to get in and I had a friend on the inside who passed me a ticket through the gates and I got to go straight in and I felt absolutely amazing and it is one of literally the best days of my life. So that's when I didn't queue up for something because I got given a golden ticket to go straight to the front. Have you ever walked past a queue like that before, Ed, or have you ever been at the end of a very long queue? Well, I, I think mainly I just want to notice now if you are British listening to this, I just need you to know you love queues. <laughs> I'm not sure if you've noticed that, but people around the world laugh at us for our ability to queue. And I want to say it's true of me. When I see a queue, I feel a sort of sense of jealousy of, I want to be in that queue. I want What's at the front of it? What, to walk past a queue is incredibly difficult because you're thinking, what do they know that I don't? What are they going to get that I'm not? Let's join the queue. Yeah, and if somebody pushes into the queue, oh, oh, dear, oh dear, that will not be. <laughs> they, nobody will say anything, of course, but there will be some big frowns, some tuts, some rolling of the eyes. Hands on hips, let's double teapot. So the question we're asking you at home, in a car, in the garden, socially distanced, when did you last queue up for something? Do you have a queue story?
In today's part of the Bible, we're going to see Jesus talk about who sits at a meal at the top. Who is the most important person? Who's at the front of the queue? And what about the guy at the back? Jam, have you got some fun facts for me? I do have some fun facts. Even better, Ella the Elf, the festive elf, is now the Easter elf, and she's come back with a couple of fantastic facts about sitting down to eat a meal in strange places. Here's the first one. Are you a fan of seafood, Ed? Yes, absolutely. So that seafood is food that used to live in the sea and it ends up on a plate. And in a restaurant in the Maldives, which is, I think, an island in the Indian Ocean, you can see the seafood in the sea and then you can enjoy the freshly caught and cooked swordfish whilst you remain completely underwater. So the restaurant is a glass dome under, a surf, under the surface of the ocean among the coral garden to give you something amazing to look at. How do you feel about looking at your dinner before you eat it, Ed? I, I've spent a lot of holidays in France and I'm not sure they do it as much now, but when I was a child, I've, I really remember the tanks of fish and they'd put their hand in and take one out for you to eat for your dinner. Yeah. I used to love that. Oh, you used to love it. I'm sure others would go, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so I think there are two sorts of people in the world, and I think the listeners will decide <laughs> which one they are. The second one is this. Would you ever eat at a dinner table suspended from a massive crane? There's a company that offers dinner in the sky. So they've got this massive platform suspended from a crane, you can eat with 20 friends, very expensive, lovely meal, and you can be suspended over the Grand Canyon uh, or wherever you like. It's been to 60 different countries in the world. Ed, where would you like to eat your dinner suspended over? OK, I want to say I absolutely would not want to eat my dinner over a huge drop. I would, <laughs> I would hate it. And I yeah. don't really know why anyone would do it. But maybe... Over the sea, I think I'd probably live with that. The idea that if I, if I fell, I'd have a small chance of being alive afterwards. Apparently, each diner is securely strapped into a <laughs> swivel chair to allow them to see the incredible views. But I don't want to be strapped to a chair to eat my dinner. This doesn't sound like a luxurious experience that I would like. It's a fun fact, Jam, but I don't want it. Those are our fun facts about incredible places to eat. Because in the Bible story you're about to hear, listen out for how Jesus says it's going to work where you sit. The reading is from Luke chapter 14, verses 1 to 6 and 12 to 14. On a Sabbath day, Jesus went to the home of a leading Pharisee to eat with him. The people there were all watching Jesus very closely. A man with dropsy was brought before Jesus. Jesus said to the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, Is it right or wrong to heal on the Sabbath day? But they would not answer his question. So Jesus took the man, healed him and sent him away. Jesus said to the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, if your son or ox falls into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not pull him out quickly? And they could not answer him. Then Jesus said to the man who had invited him, When you give a lunch or a dinner, 
Don't invite only your friends, brothers, relatives and rich neighbours. At another time, they will invite you to eat with them. Then you will have your reward. Instead, when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame and the blind. Then you will be blessed because they cannot pay you back. They have nothing but you will be rewarded when the good people rise from death. Let me tell you about a six-year-old girl called Rachel. She was eating her lunch at school. At the next table was the class naughty boy. He'd opened up his lunchbox and there was one thing in it. A chocolate bar. Rachel remembers having two thoughts. Firstly, chocolate bars are not allowed in lunch boxes. Secondly, what a bad lunch. You can't just have a chocolate bar for lunch. Rachel remembers wondering about sharing her sandwiches with him. But she didn't. Rachel is now 20 years older. I work with her. She still thinks about that little boy and she wishes she'd given him some of her sandwiches. How do we treat those with less, who are hurting, who can't, who are alone? Would we give them our sandwiches, or would we just walk away? There's a story in Luke 14, we just heard it, of a very ill man who was brought to Jesus on the Sabbath. Would Jesus break the Sabbath rules to heal the man? Imagine you are standing in that room that day. On one side stands a lonely, sad, filthy, poor man with a painful illness. On the other side stands a crowd of important, popular, wealthy, clever leaders. Who are you going to stand with? Did you hear? In verse 4 it says, So Jesus took the man, healed him and sent him away. Jesus chose to stand on the side with the man who felt so weak. Jesus chose to break their religious rules. Just so you know, they weren't really rules. These people had made them up. Jesus is lovely. Smile as you imagine that ill, lonely man straighten up and walk out of the room healed, in no pain, feeling very loved. Listen to what Jesus said to explain his decision to heal that man and break their rules. Jesus said, When you give a lunch or a dinner, don't invite only your friends, brothers, relatives and rich neighbours. At another time, they will invite you to eat with them. Then you will have your reward. Instead, when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame and the blind. Then you will be blessed because they cannot pay you back. Those who search for the lowest place now will be seated with Jesus in the very highest place. Do you follow? Those who look to be with the people who feel weak, one day will be placed with Jesus. This is difficult to do. It's hard to care for those who no one else wants to be with. 
Because the voices we hear say, be strong. Be on your own. Look after yourself. Look after your friends. Save your money. Spend it wisely. But can you imagine, instead of trying to be in the biggest house, with the biggest car, with the biggest gates, you looked after the people who never got through the gates, who didn't have a car, and who dreamt of living in a house. This is what it means to do it Jesus' way. To look after those who feel weak, because the strongest person ever did it before you. I'm going to pray we do that. Dear Father, I thank you that Jesus was so strong and he looked after those who felt so weak. And I thank you one day, those who have looked after the weakest will be welcomed to the best seat in the best meal there has ever been with Jesus in heaven. Father, please help us to make those hard decisions, to share our sandwiches, to care for the person who is alone and to love the person who no one else wants to be with. Amen. Amen. Here's your chance to have a chat and Ed's got questions. Under fives, in this story, who felt weak and left out? Fives to sevens, what matters more, knowing the right answers or being kind? Over eights, why is it good to help people who feel weak? Can you come up with three reasons? And then teens, give me one thing you'd love to say to those who feel strong And give me one thing you'd love to say to those who feel weak. Have a great conversation. You can press pause and have a chat about that now. Or you can carry on listening and we'll have those questions again at the end. We've got a sketch now, something else to think about. Remember what Jesus said in Luke about the Sabbath. If your son or ox falls into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not pull him out quickly? Well, how would that sound if it happened? Especially... If the ox could talk. (laughs) Daisy? Daisy! It's the Sabbath! Time for temple! Daisy? Is that you? Maybe. Daisy, have you fallen down the well? I might have done. Farmer Giles... If I had, would you get me out? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's the Sabbath. God's special day of rest without work. And it would be a lot of work to get you out. You are a really big ox. I'm not that massive. I've actually been trying to lose weight since Passover. That is true. I mean, you've slimmed down enough to, well, fall down this well... So that's something. Yes, it is something. As blessings go, I'd say mixed. So, can you get me out? I'm not supposed to work on the Sabbath. Today is meant to be special. For the Lord. For the temple. Look, I'm all for going to the temple, 
even if it's where animals are sacrificed, and being an ox, I tend to get a bit nervous. But that's not the point. Isn't it time to ask yourself, what would Jesus do? Wait, I remember hearing about him. He was the man going round doing all those amazing things. Miracles. I heard he sits down with sinners and has meals. The other day, he was actually about to heal someone on the Sabbath. And all the people who go to the temple were watching closely to see what he'd do. Do you know what? I am starting to drown. The poor man had really swollen legs. He was in so much pain. And Jesus asked the temple types whether it was right or wrong to heal on the day of rest. Yep, definitely drowning down here. But they wouldn't answer his question. So Jesus took the man, healed him and sent him away. Jesus said, if your son or ox falls into the well on the Sabbath day, will you not, you know... Pull me out quickly. Yes. That's what he said. Because it's not about being seen to do the right thing for God. It's about truly loving people for God. So truly love me. Get moving. Yeah, that's definitely what Jesus would do. Not stand around talking, chewing the cud and all that. Don't you think so, Daisy? Daisy, you're drowning. You should have said. I'll go and get a rope. I'll be back. Stay there. And people say animals are dumb. (gasps) Our song this time is from Randall Goodgame, who's written a song based on Jesus' words and how his followers need to be humble and mindful of others. Listen out to the bit where Randall sings what Jesus says in Luke 3. Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. Why don't you try and join in with that bit? Anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. Anyone who has food should do the same. Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. The servant of all. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Where moth and rust destroy Where thieves break in and steal But store up for yourselves Treasures in heaven For where your treasure is There your heart will be Anyone who has two shirts Should share with the one who has none Anyone who has food should do the same Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all the servant of all thanks randall that song's called two shirts and you can get that via slugs and bugs google randall good game slugs and bugs and you'll find that song and videos and loads of other stuff besides thank you for listening remember you can drop us an email podcast at faithinkids.org we love hearing from you or on some devices, leave a comment, tell us we're five stars or something. Help other people find us. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Cheerio. Anyone who has two 
shirts should share with the one who has none. Anyone who has food should do the same. Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. The servant of all. Under fives, in this story, who felt weak and left out? Fives to sevens, what matters more, knowing the right answers or being kind? Over eights, why is it good to help people who feel weak? Can you come up with three reasons? And then teens, give me one thing you'd love to say to those who feel strong and give me one thing you'd love to say to those who feel weak. But you will be rewarded when the good people rise from death. Smashed it.